Welcome to Padre Rosado Podcast, the podcast about everything Catholic. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, then you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am. You say I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't want you to think I'm playing with my phone. I'm just recording my homily so I can post it online. So it is on the silent position. It's just recording. You know, I know sometimes people say, Oh, Father was texting. No, I wasn't. I'm recording. It's like, you know, the, the breviary is now also on the phone. And it's happened to me that I'm in a church and I'm praying with my phone. And people think I'm like playing games or something. It's like, no, I'm praying. And it's happened the other way too, where I'm sitting in my family's house playing games and they think I'm praying. It's not the other way, right? Modern world, right? Technology being used for Jesus. So today's... Gospel passage is very much familiar to us. Jesus in front of Pilate. Now, we must remember what kind of kingship were the Jews expecting. They were expecting somebody with power, somebody who was going to come with armies marching and just come and conquer a glorious, triumphant king. But instead, we have a king born in a manger, a king who was humble king who loves us, a king who is all-powerful. And as today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, we're reminded he is king of the universe. What type of kingdom does Jesus have? We see here, Jesus says, my kingdom does not belong to this world. And he explains, if my kingdom did belong to this world, my army would have came, right? That's what he was talking about. He said his army, his attendants would have come to help him. Then, Jesus says, you say, I am a king. For this I was born. For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. So Jesus is a king. His kingship is not of this world. He is king of the universe. 
He is king of heaven and earth. And he wants us to be with him in heaven forever. And that's where we'll truly see him reigning as a king. A king of love. A king of truth. And as we read and listen to today's scripture, we get a little bit about the kingdom of Jesus in each of the readings. In the first reading, the book of the prophet Daniel, he tells us his dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not be taken away. His kingship shall not be destroyed. God is Alpha and Omega. Made, he's not made. He is without beginning and without end. That means Alpha and Omega. So of course, he is eternal. His kingship is also eternal. The responsorial psalm where we responded, the Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. In the second reading, we heard again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was, who is to come, the Almighty. I love this solemnity. And you know what's beautiful? Jesus allows you and me to help to bring people to him. So I want to give you a great example of two people who did just that. So here in my notes, I have their names. The first one is Cardinal Mary Milod. And on a day like today, he was preaching about Christ the King. Oh, his, his name was pronounced, I got the pronunciation here. Cardinal Meyer Mi Yord. He was the Bishop of Lausanne, Switzerland. And after he gave this beautiful homily about Jesus, he went as was his custom to pray half an hour before Jesus. And he thought he was alone. So he was surprised when hiding behind the pillar was a woman who called out to him, Bishop. And she says to him some amazing words. She says to him, I thought that you were just being a lawyer defending your faith. I thought that these were just words, but then I stayed and I watched you. And now I want to be a Catholic. So could you imagine? He put his faith into actions. And without even knowing, he moved this woman to conversion. He moved this woman to want to desire the Catholic faith. Now I want to speak a little bit about this truth. Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, humbles himself to come here at this Mass and at every Catholic Mass in the world. To unite himself with us. Could you believe it? Wow. I was having a conversation with some family members who are not Catholic, and they have a hard time understanding how could it be that this bread and this wine is no longer bread nor wine, but the body and blood of Christ. And my cousin used these words, it's symbolic. I said, no, it's not symbolic, it is. And how do we know? Well, look at the scriptures. Jesus doesn't say this is kind of like my body. He doesn't say it's sort of like my body. He says, this is my body. He speaks very clearly. Very clearly he speaks. And he gives the apostles the authority to consecrate the Eucharist. To make that bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And through apostolic succession, that 
ability to consecrate eventually goes down to priests of today. But it's not really us at all who do the work. It is Jesus through us. Notice when I take the bread, I don't say this is my body, meaning Father Rosado's body. No, it's Jesus speaking to, through me, meaning the body of Jesus. And that's the same and the truth with every priest and every bishop in the world. It is Jesus himself who speaks through us. Regular bread, regular wine, made to the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. Sometimes people criticize us. I've personally been criticized. Why do you priests use such expensive things for Mass? Why don't you sell it and give it to the poor? So, for example, my chalice that I'm using today, it's actually my chalice that was given to me as a gift by a bishop. I'm not sure if he wants me to mention his name, so since I'm recording, I won't say his name. One of the auxiliary bishops of New York gave me as a, as a gift. He gave each and every one of us in my class a chalice. And these chalices were donated by priests who passed away. And they were donated to us, the new priest at the time in 2011. And when I die, it's already in my last will and testament that my chalices too shall go to a new priest of the Archdiocese of New York. And in that way, the chalice continues in use. And this chalice has been in use for about a hundred years. It is extremely beautiful. It is called St. Michael the Archangel style. It was handmade at the time. They just don't make them like that anymore as far as I know. It is sterling silver with gold plating. It has a half moon made of gold. I don't know how many carats. With diamonds on it. And that half moon represents the Blessed Virgin Mary. It has a star with a diamond on it representing the Star of David. It has my parents' wedding rings on it representing that their marriage gave a priest to the church. In the front it has a cross with an emerald, a green, well, I don't know what it is, but it's a green gemstone in, in the middle representing that the last priest was of Irish descent, Monsignor John. I don't have his last name, but it was a Monsignor John who owned the chalice before me, and it represents that he is of Irish descent. Then on the cross, on each of the, on the top, on the bottom, on the sides, there are little diamond chips. It's extremely beautiful. The patent has a sunburst with the letters IHS on them. IHS, the first three letters in Greek of the name of Jesus. Extremely beautiful. But the real value is not the monetary value of the precious metals and stones and that is made with. The real value of it is the history of it that has been in continuous use in the church for so many years. And in so many parishes as we get transferred from parish to parish. And why? Not sell it and give it to the poor. Well, because God is king of the universe and he deserves it. Nobody helps out the Catholic, nobody helps out the poor more worldwide than the Catholic Church does. Nobody gives more to the poor than the Catholic Church as a whole does. But we use these beautiful things because it ought to be that somebody walks off the street 
enters here into St. Joseph and says, wow, they got nice things. Something special is happening here. Something special is happening here. And it is God. So he deserves it. Jesus is God, king of the universe, and he deserves these beautiful things. Plus, it's not as if I went out and bought it. It was given to me as a gift. It's part of uh, the patrimony as a whole of the church. I hope that for thousands of years, it'll still be there. In St. Joseph's Seminary, there's a chalice from the 16th century. It's used once a year. Well, it's used a few times a year when a new priest comes back to celebrate a Mass of Thanksgiving at St. Joseph's Seminary, that chalice is brought up. And that chalice is really cool. You could break it up into different pieces because at the time, the priest who, who made it was celebrating Mass during a time of persecution. So he had to quickly hide him and hide his chalice so that he wouldn't be caught and martyred. Wow, right? The history of it all. So Jesus deserves it. Now I want to give you another example. And this example shows us that age is nothing but a number when it comes to being a saint. This example is that of 14-year-old saint. He was canonized October 16, 2016. Saint Jose Sanchez del Rio. He was born the 20th of March of 1913 in Mexico. And at the time, there too was a persecution just as there was with this chalice from the 16th century when this priest was using this chalice. But this, of course, was in the 20th century, this persecution. And it was in Mexico. Now, I have no idea why the Mexican government at the time decided that they were going to put an end to the Catholic faith by outlawing our faith, by closing our churches, and by putting our priests to death, and by putting our faithful to death. And, of course, the people would not have it. They prayed. And the men formed a band of Catholic soldiers called the Cristeros. And they were fighting the government in opposition in order to keep the Catholic faith alive. Little Jose tells his mother that she wants to join the Cristero movement. And he says, Mama, well, there's a translation from the Spanish, right? Because he spoke Spanish. Mama is a word for mom in Spanish. So, mom, do not let me lose the opportunity to gain heaven so easily and so soon. So he goes, and if you've seen the movie For Greater Glory, he's pictured in, in that movie. And he goes, and he joins the Cristero army, but not as a soldier. He did other things. On the day he was captured, he was a flag bearer for the Cristeros. As he was captured, they made him witness the martyrdom of a fellow Cristero. He tells that Cristero, you will be in heaven before me. Prepare a place for me. Tell Christ the King, I shall be with him soon. Could you imagine? Normally you would think a 14-year-old you would think anybody would say, wait a minute, I'll say whatever you want as long as you don't kill me. I'll do whatever you want as long as you don't kill me. And he was firm in his resolve, and he's helping this other man, encouraging him in his final moments. Then finally, on the 10th of February, 1928, St. Jose Sanchez de Rio 
was tortured. And this is depicted in the movie. They cut the bottom of his feet. The account here says that he also was forced to walk on salt. Now I'm sure most of us know what happens when you put salt on a wound. Boy, does it hurt and sting. And they forced him to walk around town. They forced him to walk around the cemetery. They even showed him his grave. And they gave him an ultimatum. See, his padrino, his godfather, was a man in a local town. So they attempted to spare his life by giving him an ultimatum that he just couldn't accept. They told him, if you shout death to Christ the King, we will spare your life. In the movie, he is, his uncle is seen telling him, there are simple words, death to Christ the King, you don't even have to mean them. All you have to do is say them. You don't have to mean them, just say them, and I'll take you home to your mom right now. Well, let me tell you, many people probably would have jumped at that offer. Wait, I don't got to mean it? Sure, I'll say anything, just don't kill me. But Saint Jose Sanchez Le Rio instead screams out, Que viva Cristo Rey! Oh, uh, some people yell back, Que viva, just like uh, that's popular in Hispanic culture. We scream back as loud as we can, Que viva! Which translate, I have an English translation, it uh, roughly translates to, Long live Christ the King. And as he said that, he was shot and buried. And that is the martyrdom of Saint Jose Sanchez de Rio. So in, in these two, well, one's a boy one, and a saint, and the other one's a, a cardinal, right? The life of Saint Jose Sanchez de Rio and of Cardinal Miami Yo, we see that by living our faith, we can be an example to others. By living our faith, we could greatly affect People, even long after we are dead. So here's my question. Christ is king of the universe. His king, he is sorry, he is king of heaven and earth. King of the universe. But my question for us to reflect on this week is, is he king of my life? Is he king of my soul? Is there anything that separates me from God? Is there anyone that separates me from God? And if there is anything or anyone, or is there anywhere that separates me from God? If there's anything at all that separates us from God, we have to leave that. Is there somebody whom I place, or something whom I place before God. If so, we must change that and put God first. And I know I preach about it a lot, but it's true. We need to make often use of that beautiful sacrament of reconciliation, of going to Jesus, the merciful. Jesus, our King, who in the confessional is the King of mercy, willing to forgive our sins if we only confess them and are sorry for them. See, when we go to confession, not only are our sins removed, but we receive the grace, the gift from God to be saints. We receive the gift from God to be better Catholics. So never ever 
let anything be before God and always, always make often use of the sacraments of reconciliation without fear. Que viva Cristo Rey! Oh, in Spanish class tomorrow, they'll yell back, Que viva! You can listen to episodes of this program on your favorite podcasting medium, such as, but not limited to, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, and right here at anchor.fm using their app, or also online at fatherrosado.com.